it's Sam and Scott from Ship It Studios Premier Wrestling Podcast, Above the Ring. And Sam, let's talk about Riverside.fm, the leading podcast and video creation platform that's changing the game on how creators record their content. Riverside.fm allows you to record studio-quality audio and up to 4K video on their platform. Now you can interview a guest a thousand miles away, and it will sound like you're sitting in the same room. Did you know that it's as easy to use as Zoom, but it gives much higher quality audio and video recordings? Did we mention that they have a mobile app? This allows guests to connect directly from their phone and record content from anywhere. After your content is finished, you can easily grab clips to share them across your social media channels. So if you're looking for a platform to put over for all your recording needs, from podcasts to webinars to other video content, you should be using uh, Riverside.fm. Sign up today so you can focus on your content and leave the quality to Riverside.fm. Use promo code SHIPIT and receive 30% discount on the first three months of your subscription. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Above the Ring. I am your host, Sam the SLB. Alongside me today is always the man behind the Twitter, the other half of this operation. It is Scotty. Scott, we're uh, we're weighing heavy this week. (sighs) You know, Sam, I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired of all these releases. I swear to God, I was having a wonderful time last night watching SmackDown. And then the news started to break, and it was like the whole back half hour of the show, I was like, I've lost all the wind in my sail. It's like, why? How is this a good PR move to to release 14, 13, 14 wrestlers in the middle of your A show? You think people on Twitter are not going to notice and not explode over this? Like, my lord. It... Well, I... if, if, if you guys want to hear more of uh, Scott being sorrowful, you can listen to his raw review. Or if you want to hear Joyous Scott, listen to his SmackDown study that drops on Tuesdays and Saturdays, respectively. You and I are really going to get into this, Scott. I think we definitely need to touch up on other talking points before we get into the, the meat and potatoes. Mm. Because we get a lot of meat and potatoes to talk about. But first and foremost, I was just reading recently that NWA 73 has sold out. I did see that. That's that's a huge accomplishment. I'm 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 real happy for them when it yeah. Going, it's, it's nice to have some good news in wrestling to talk about today. Yeah, no, I'm I'm excited. You know, I might I might be that's a Sunday. I think I'm able to do that one. I'm supposed to be supposed to go and see a friend play a show uh that night. But I'm always excited to watch NWA events. Even when I don't know the talent, I fall in love with everything that they put out. They just, it's just, it's a throwback to a time prior to me, Scott. I know you don't like hearing that, but it's a throw to, you know, to a simpler time in wrestling. That's that's even before me, Sam. And you know, that's that's going way back. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I think if if possible, can't make any promises. Here. We might try to cover a. Uh, 73 at least nice. or in power uh the cards are starting to stack up pretty good we some things that have come up in this week's uh aew and some other things um we'll bring them up when we talk about them because they affect the empower pay-per-view as well as nwa 73 
Same thing with. By the time this recording drops, we will be less than a week away from NJPW Resurgence. What a card this is going to be. Nice. This is going to be a lot of fun. Um, one of the I won't go into it because a lot there's still stuff that's going on from we have to talk about that affects this card. But the one that really I'm excited for Tomohara Ishii taking on Moose. Moose. Oh man, there's a card stealer right there. I am looking forward to this so much. This is going to be so. So exciting, Scott. Uh, I don't know. I'm so glad. I'm so glad we're getting all... So much wrestling. So little time. I know. But a lot of fun. A lot of fun, Scott. You know, even with, you know, next week. Next week is our go-home show. And I know. It's recorded at a weird time. SummerSlam is coming quick. Take over right afterwards, even with, you know, a gutted roster. It's just. And then two weeks after that, we have all out. I know. Ah, what a nice back back end of summer when it comes to wrestling. I'm excited. I am excited for it. I mean, even with the, the nonsense that's been going on lately, it's still. It's still exciting. I would agree. I would agree. So let's get into what we want to talk about here. We're actually going to start off with something that dropped the day we recorded the last episode. And obviously, we now drop these on Mondays. The day we recorded the last episode, we had heard that probably, I would argue, is one of their biggest talents. And I'm not saying that in regards to, oh, he's a big name. He has potential. He was there. Yeah. He was there. Bray Wyatt got yeah. released from WWE. Now, this was heartbreaking, but also I know, Scott, we were seeing a lot of what was being said online about a lot of this actually has to do with potentially Brody Lee. Yeah. Um, Bray did not take his death well um, in any capacity. A lot of us didn't, but it really hit Bray hard. Um, him and Brody were like, were like brothers and, you know, his mental health went in the, in the toilet. And I mean, honestly, that's a big thing. I know that recently there's been lots of conversation about mental health and how it's important. And I know in the old days, it was always just like, you know, suck it up, you know, be a man, et cetera, et cetera. And all those other bullshit excuses that people would throw on us. Mental health's a big deal. And if he can't perform at the level that he feels is necessary for his work, then he needs the time off to heal, the time to, you know, try to process his best friend's death. And I know that a lot of people were confused when it came to the WrestleMania match. I was also one of them at first. And then after finding out exactly why it went down the way it did, it made perfect sense. It was a good way for him to disappear for a while and, and hopefully heal and then eventually come back. But at this point, now he's gone. Um, 
that really was a kick to the gut too when I first saw that online. Um, but I believe, if I remember correctly, the end of his ninety days is October twenty ninth of this year. What a perfect time to come back for Halloween! And also, just to let you know, that day, October twenty ninth, is on a Friday. Guess what show plays on Friday? SmackDown. Right. But <laughs> the other new show that plays on Friday. Rampage. Yes, sir. <sighs> but who knows? That's just speculating. Uh, who knows if he's even going to go to AEW? Who knows if he's honestly going to wrestle again? We don't know this. Ooh. All we hope for is that he's able to to heal and to, you know, begin to grieve and... and the the thing that comes to mind, going back to season two of a um, Dark Side of the Ring, was how hard Chris Benoit took Eddie Guerrero's death. Yeah. And I read that in the those articles that his mental health had declined because of what had happened. Like, like I, my heart sunk into my stomach because I'm just not saying he would do anything like that. You can't assume the right. worst of people. Yeah. But it's like one of those things. It's like. Take care of yourself. Yeah. Do it. Just, he's such a great character, and he's such a great, great individual. Despite what might be happening with his, you know, little affair he supposedly had. <sighs> personal life aside. Yeah, personal. I mean, his 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 in ring IQ, his everything about him as a wrestler is a plus across the board. And you, it's fun. It not really funny, but. How you mentioned Chris Benoit and Eddie Guerrero, they never talked about the mental health aspect of that. They would just, they kind of just like, oh, he's sad because his friend died, and then they just moved on. It's it's kind of amazing in a way that the that culture has shifted to what it is now when it comes to the the conversation of mental health. Um, obviously, I feel that it should continue to shift in a progressive way with that, but it's it's just. God, it's that was what twenty years, fourteen years ago. Fourteen years, yeah. So seven. Still can't believe it's that long. My God, um, I don't think I, I would have been out of wrestling by that point. But you know, every so often we throw SmackDown on. You know, I was heavily. I was in high school. I was actually. I was, if I'm not mistaken, I'm gonna look at this, and this is gonna this is gonna be a little personal for me. Uh, for those of you who don't know, I had a hand injury when I was 16 years old. That was 20 days after I had my injury. So 16 wow. years old, you know, working my first job. I just got my, per- like, and then you see that on the news and you're like, wow. Yep. It's it's upsetting. It's upsetting, especially since I know we talk about it more and more between himself in Eddie, where if those two were still alive, even Owen, we'll conclude Owen in there. Had yeah. had they stayed alive, had they been around, the resurgence in their careers, they would have been through the. Owen's a big one. Like had Owen been around for you know when Eddie came over and Chris came over and the ruthless aggression era, he could have been a bigger star than his brother. Oh my god! Yeah, it's just Owen's Owen's death was probably the first one for me growing up that really really affected me. Um, I was at that point, I was still relatively new to wrestling, but 
I latched on to his character real quick. I loved his charisma. I loved his in-ring ability. And it was just like, this guy is awesome. And then the whole blue blazer thing. And I was like, oh, this is cool. You know, he he changed up his character, you know, and, and, and stuff like that. And then I didn't watch the pay-per-view um, when the accident happened. But I heard about it um, the next morning uh, because kids at school were talking about it. Um, and then I tried to watch, um, as much raw as I could, uh, cause at that time, you know, can't stay up till 11 o'clock to watch wrestling. Parents wouldn't allow it, even though I begged and pleaded because of the circumstances that had happened, but still yeah. it was, it was rough. It was rough for me as a kid watching that stuff. And then, um, when Eddie's. I was completely I devastated. Um, even Ben was before we fi- before we found out what had happened. I will never forget that. I was let's see, I was living in actually in in the town I live in now in my in my second apartment. I remembered I was running a little late. I wanted to make sure I got home before the start of the show. And I literally just made it in the door right before the show started. I walked up the stairs. I turned on the television and it's just Vince McMahon in an empty arena. And I'm like, what? Because the week prior, that man blew himself or he got blown up in a limo, which was another storyline that was going to be probably something ridiculous. And probably at that point in time, amazing to figure out how, how who blew up Vince McMahon. And then we come back, and he's by himself in an empty arena, and I'm like, what's going on? And then he starts talking to us about what happened with, with Benoit, and I was just like, I, I remember just that numbing feeling. It was just like, what? Like, I know that he he didn't show up at the last pay-per-view because he was supposed to win the ECW Heavyweight Championship. Uh, I thought maybe he was just sick because Benoit was one of those people who never missed a show. And then all of a sudden the man's gone and then we find out what happened afterwards and that was just a that was a conversation that was just like how do we separate the man and the athlete at that point after what had happened it's just mm. yeah but, it's uh yeah it's it was uh bringing up memories and actually it totally made me forget very important um one half of uh, the Midnight Express, Bob Eaton passed away on the fourth. Yes. Ugh. Yeah. Only sixty. You would have been sixty-three on the fourteenth of this month, which blows my mind because you know these are people you've talked about for years and years, and they were legends. And then you realize they were in their early twenties doing this. Yep. You know, so you know, hearts out to him, his family, friends, and whatnot. You know, I can only imagine Jim Cornette is devastated as much as you know. You know, Cornette has his own things. You know, he the guy is is, is a brain. Yep. He's a smart man when it comes to wrestling. You know, he's he helped the feud between the Midnight Express and the Rock and Roll Express to be the be as big as it was. So um, that being said, you know, we're going to wait to see what happens with Bray. Maybe he comes back. Maybe he needs time alone. Maybe he doesn't. Maybe he goes to AEW. Maybe he doesn't wrestle again. Bray is one of the few exceptions I will not be a... I'm going to assume this all has to do with the death of Brody Lee and that he needs time to himself and whether he wants to go back to WWE, whether he wants to go back, you know, whether he wants to go to EW, 
that's on his accord. So we wait, we see, we hope for the best yep. for him. However, before we get into Friday's fun, there's a couple other things that started coming around. So obviously with the release of Bray Wyatt, which is understandable, but also this is where it gets a little hairy. There's a lot of talent, supposedly, who are very uncomfortable in their position now at WWE. Mm-hmm. Again, it's all hearsay. It's all hearsay. And at this point, with the way WWE's been releasing people, we're not surprised. I'm absolutely convinced at this point Vince McMahon is selling the company. Especially what happened Friday. I'm, I will say that right now. I know I don't like to spread rumors. I'm convinced. You're not alone in that. A lot of people uh, have been talking about this. just seems like they're consolidating as much profit as they can to make themselves look as, be- as good as possible for whatever suitors are out there. But for me personally, something is just nagging at me that Vince does not want to give up the power. That's just, I don't know. 30 years of watching, watching him do what he's done. And it's just, especially since a family you got to hand it off to. Yeah. And it's with everything that's been happening lately with the releases, it kind of makes me feel that, Triple H might even get pushed out of this company at this point. No, because he's lost all his all his favor. It's that's what it seems like because Vince has literally gutted 205 Live and NXT in the past like month. He also also hasn't it come out that Vince like kind of doesn't care about what happens on NXT in regards to like the carrying cross thing. Yeah, that and eliminating championship runs because Charlotte was the 13 time champion. Now she's only an 11, so it's like. Why are you doing this? I understand you wanted NXT to be a developmental brand, but guess what? It kind of grew out of that and turned into a legitimate third brand. Remember, in 2019, I believe it was, NXT won Survivor Series. Mm-hmm. And obviously with the pandemic last year, they didn't want to mix the talent because of fear of spread of COVID-19. But this year, it seems like it seems like Vince either doesn't care for the brand or he wants to repackage it. That was another thing I started seeing last night that apparently NXT now will be doing an entire brand repackage, which I don't understand fully because it's the best show that they have pretty much. Um, I know recently it's, I would say probably on a little bit of a down slope compared to what it used to be, but it's still been top quality television. The problem is I think it might just be on a bad night because it's not pulling in the viewers. It's 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 still struggling to get like 750. And you know, then you have AEW now on Wednesdays that they're pulling over a mil every single week now. Four weeks in a row. Yeah, they've topped over a mil, and that's a huge deal. Um, and now with all these releases, of course, all the AEW stands are like, oh my God, we're going to get everybody. Yeah. We're going to drive Vince out of business. Like, no, you're, you're not. If anybody's going to drive Vince out of business, it's going to be Vince. Yeah, it's going to be Vince. <laughs> but I think there's, oh, we, we could, we could talk about this for days, but it kind of goes to, let's, let's talk about, cause this is what we were kind of, it's been a couple people who have reportedly have A, the contracts are expiring, or B, have expired. We're going to talk about the latter first. Yes. 
probably who I would argue to be the face of the brand, our Lord and Savior, the leader of the First Congregational Church of Adam Cole. Hey, hey. Um, <laughs> supposedly his contract has expired, and it was extended for Kyle for his next match with Kyle O'Reilly at Takeover. Yes, that is correct. Extension. So. There are speculations, obviously, that he might go to AEW. I saw reports that he got offered a contract from AEW, but he that didn't take it. Tony Khan turned those reports down. And again, it's wrestling's a weird thing. Tony Khan might be like, yo, we didn't give him a contract and mean it. Or he'd be like, who's Adam Cole? We're not giving nobody a contract. Well, he could be well, playing. I mean, according to being the elite, Adam Cole's dead. So it doesn't matter. We, we, I, I didn't know that you know they gave contracts to ghosts. So who well, knows? Imagine that episode of being the elite shows up, but he better if, if he does go to AEW, he better haunt the Bucks for like a month. I know they won't show that on television, but I hope to God that he starts haunting them. And it, it's yeah, that, I would actually watch that. It's gonna do Just something stupid. He's gonna be like in like under like a sheet with like the eyes cut out. Yes, of course, <laughs> so naturally, because it, it's gonna be the goofiest shit that B, uh, BTE can do, and and that's fine. I I I would still absolutely love that. However. One tidbit of news, um, Friday, during SmackDown, Adam Cole was in the building having himself a meeting with Vincent Kennedy McMahon. Yes. Well, that was another thing I was going to bring up. Because you got to remember, when NXT went to TV, WWE pretty much said, yeah, you're not getting pay raises, you're only the developmental brand. So a lot of these people didn't really get the money that they deserved. You know, this is right. top talent. Adam Cole should be headlining WrestleMania. Right. And if he does dis- decide to resign and go to SmackDown, which I swear to God, if he goes to Raw, it's going to be the end of everything. But he will headline WrestleMania. He will. But th- so this is this is there's a couple things I think people need to reconsider here. And as much as I'd love to see him do things in AEW because he has so much over there, there's also, again, A, they weren't given raises when they went on the TV. So this could be him going, I'm not accepting any contracts. Let's see what, because you do that with your jobs. You know, somebody offers you a job interview. Let me see what they offer. Right. Might be better. Might be worse. What's the worst can happen? You talk to him and you say no. And he could be doing that. He could be doing it to negotiate. He goes, I'm going to resign, but I'm like, but I deserve more money, especially after pulling in everything I've done with NXT. And again, with the restructure of NXT, which is questionable, you know, he could be, he could be one of those top talent. Okay. You're not a younger talent anymore. You're going to the main roster. And even with his contract expired, this could be kind of like, okay, if I'm going up, I want to, you know, restructure, you know, what is my worth to you? What is my worth? Again, I think the exciting thing is that the top NXT stars contract is expired and we don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. And it's, it's giving me anxiety that I don't want to have because I have enough as it is. I don't want any more, <laughs> but here we, here we are. Well, there's, well, there's another one, somebody else who I think from day one, you and I loved when they had the first ever NXT UK title match. Yep. Pete Dunn, his contract is supposedly expiring. Yeah. And, and you know what he does on Twitter? He puts his favorite gif up where he's just like, eh. <laughs> and I'm like, God damn it, Pete, don't do this to us. <clears throat> and I like that. I like how they're playing into it. 
And, yeah. you know, we could, we as fans, we can sit there and, you know, oh, I want them to do this, or they're doing this, or they go. I, Scott, what's been, my, what's been my motto since we pretty much started the show? <laughs> the long game. Uh, of course. Of course. Everyone's like, oh, you know, let's see what the long game happens. Yeah. Let's, let's see what happens here. Again, the Dark Order. Nobody liked the Dark Order the first time they showed up. I will always use this example. And now they are the most over fucking thing ever. We'll talk about them this week because there's a <laughs> most over thing ever in AEW. Oh, absolutely. Another thing I heard rumors about, and I don't know how true it is, supposedly all three members of the New Day's contracts are expiring soon, too. That I did not know. But it's also interesting because I sent you something, I think, on Twitter recently about the Young Bucks. They changed their status this week. Yes, I did see that. Yep. Now they could be trolling because they are best. You know, Xavier Woods and Kenny Omega are best friends. It's true. They are best friends. They could be trolling. I mean, they, they did the FTR thing. They probably years. are because they know that they can they, they can rile up the the uh, internet wrestling community just by changing new bio. <laughs> I mean, they fought before. Go back to their E3 street fight. That's right. I watch that every so often, and to be able to see them in the same building face to face where they're still WWE contracted and you have these guys who are signed with new Japan pro wrestling, something that is not possible. And then WWE that same week goes, yo, look at Kenny Omega's one video. He has from when he was in a OVW in like 2012. Yep. It, it was like watching the, it was like the prequel to the forbidden door, but right. it was like done by WWE, which was, it's the that excitement. I love it. I just get so pumped and thrilled, and I don't know what's going to happen. But I believe that was around the time that WWE actually offered Kenny and the Bucks contracts, and they just laughed at him. <laughs> they offered him some most lucrative deal. I will never forget that deal. I told people about, it, and they they offered him what? I go, yeah, they were pretty much letting him give free reign for six, and if they didn't like it, six months are out the door. Yeah, and they like, no, we're good. We're going to start our own company, and well. Here Look, we oh, that's worked out for them so far. Yes. So let's talk about the big releases. Um, so you sent me t- tweets last night while SmackDown was going on. The first one being Bronson Reed, which blew my mind because he just had a title run. Yep. Short title run, but he had a title run. And he had the star power. And I thought they were going to get ready to push him like crazy. He was He was in dark matches on I believe both Raw and SmackDown the last few weeks, and uh, that was just a sign to be like, all right, well, I guess he's getting ready to get called up. I'm gonna miss him on NXT, but I'm sure he'll do great wherever he ends up. I guess not. Um, when I watch, what was it? I think it was about halfway through SmackDown, and I'm just scrolling through. Uh, I believe it was Street Profits versus Dirty Dogs at this point. And I'm just scrolling through Twitter as the match is going on or it was during a commercial. And I come across that tweet that he had been released. And I was just like, what? No, this got to be. No, but it was from a legitimate source. And I'm just like. Expletive. <laughs> I was not happy. So. After that, I, I, I just kind of jumped over to um, 
that other Twitter account just kind of watched and then the names just started dropping. And I was just like, no, no, stop, stop this. No, what the hell's going on? Now, you know, let's, I want, I want, we're going to go through this list quickly because there's a lot of names on here I'm not familiar with, but there's a few that we're going to highlight. I think Bobby Fish was the next probably biggest one. Yeah. Um, the, I can kind of see him because of his, his injuries he's gone through. Yeah, injuries and age, I think, were, were Bobby Fish's biggest things against him. Um, I thought he would become a trainer uh, at some point, but obviously that's not the case. Um, another one that surprised me was Tyler Rust. No, um, they they had seemed to start pushing him by putting him in the diamond mine. But obviously now that he's gone, that's now the second member of the Diamond Mine that's been released. Um, Roddy's wife was the first one, and they released her before the the group debuted. So I don't even know what's going to be happening going forward. Um, I don't know if they're going to pick up somebody new or if it's just going to be Roddy by himself at this point. Because I don't know what's going to happen with with Malcolm Bivens because his whole thing was Tyler Rust. He was the diamond in the rust. Now what? What do we do? <laughs> yeah, I'm. I, I don't know how you start a. Fa- I, but again, I shouldn't be surprised. How many times has WWE done that where they start something and like, nope, trash. Yeah. You know, like, but what? 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 what no, stop. That, that yeah. was. That was. What are you doing? I know. Oh, baby, what is you doing? <laughs> Why you do this? Why you do this? Um, Mercedes Martinez surprised me, but then again, didn't she just have, she had that concussion? But that didn't really put her out of business after that match with Zia Lee. Well, I mean, we hadn't seen her since Zia Lee knocked her out. Um, but even still, she's a huge she's a huge name in the indie scenes, and I know for a fact that AEW already has her on their radar because she was in, I believe the first casino battle Royale and they wanted, they offered her a contract, but she turned them down to go to WWE because they had more guarantees for her. So yeah. (laughs) So now that she's gone, you know, we'll find out what happens in September. Uh, Magically all this happens everybody's released from their 30 day clauses because they're all NXT stars the day after all out. Yeah. Yeah. And I wonder, I wonder if that was on purpose. Um, It would not surprise me, but, but also going back to the, if they're going to rebrand NXT for newer stars and they're going to start pushing people up to the main roster. Right. Um, I would not be surprised if this is their way. We're going to release you from an NXT contract. But also, we're going to, you know, some of these people may be negotiations to be on the main roster. Maybe. We'll see. I don't know. I, I think that would be an interesting way to do that because you'd think they'd just be able to adjust the contract that they currently have into something that's more main roster friendly. But I guess I guess that's not how – I don't know. I don't have a business degree, so I don't know how this shit works. So I'm just I'm just a fat kid talking on the internet about wrestling. <laughs> But also, this would be more speculation to how, you know, to the, to the potential purchase of WWE by NBC. Because, I mean, maybe, maybe NBC is like, no, we're going to, we want you to do this. This is, how we, this is how we do contracts or what. Again, we don't know. This is just speculation. 
you know, I'm not going to say lizard people are behind it. And I'm grasping at straws here. But, I mean, other people, I mean, Leon Roth, love Leon Roth. Yeah. Great talent. Uh, Jake Atlas. That's what I'll say. Jake Atlas, totally underutilized. You know where, he would, know where he'd be good? You know what I'm thinking. Mm. X Division. Yes, sir. And the bitch of that was yesterday was, or Friday was Jake Atlas's five-year anniversary of wrestling. Oh, hey, here's your pink slip. Bye. Like, what the fuck? Like, why do you do that? I don't know, but you know, there's a lot of speculation. I'm thinking about Drake Maverick. I'm thinking about some of the other people that they've brought back. You know, Samoa Joe. Maybe there's a method to the madness. Again, long game, long game. Yeah. Would I like to see some of this talent go to the competition, get utilized better, have feuds you wouldn't be able to see ever? Sure, but realistically, that that doesn't. It's not how it works. Especially when they're already flooded with talent. Right. You know, you do have the NWA, which is still kind of like, it's, they're kind of dwindling. Um, you have Ring of Honor, who's been like. They're starving for talent. Th- imagine a revival of Ring of Honor right now. That would be, that would be nice. It'd be I mean, incredible. It, yeah, that would be nice. Um, but we're going to have to do. We're gonna have to have a talk about releases. We we should we should do like a a special show for yeah, just this especially if they're gonna keep happening like this, we might have to just have another show like during midweek <laughs> for all this bullshit that keeps happening. <laughs> yeah, especially because like um I remember before the first list of releases, people were already complaining about AEW's roster size. Right. And they were like a hundred wrestlers. Yeah. Two shows. Okay. But then, like, well, you know, WWE, and I go, yeah, but they have over 200. Half of them they don't utilize, and they're on five shows. And a lot of people don't watch them. Like, what is the total rate? What What is the total after they've released everybody? I'm I, really curious. I believe they still have over 200 wrestlers, even though they've released, I think, over 100 since April of last year. It's the I sent you a photo before we started recording of all the wrestlers that were released from last year, and I wish I wish that we I caught your reaction while we were recording because it was yeah eye opening and and absolutely ridiculous. So according to Sportskedia, and I don't know the date on this article. That's what I'm looking for. Well, let's see if I can find a little, because we're going to get into the, we still have shows to get into. Um, they're not really good. Some of these, Sports Kitty, and I don't know what this is. This is at, it says 207. And I don't know if this is before or after. So let's say this was before the first releases of the year. Actually, this might even be from 2020. Why do we not put a timestamp on this? <laughs> I want a timestamp, but it says 207. So if that was before the releases, WWE has released a quarter of its talent. Yep. In less than six months. Yep. Just like we've spent over 35 minutes talking about releases, Scott. You know what? It's time to get into the nitty gritty, all the fun, the juice. It's time to get into our weekly shows. Scott, kick us off right now with uh, NXT. All right. 
Oh, oh, NXT. How we love the let us count the ways. Starting off with our probably our hottest rivalry when it comes to factions in NXT. Hit Row, Legato del Fantasma. I really like what these guys are doing because Legato comes in here, you know, last year and is just king shit. Nobody can touch them. You know, obviously, Undisputed Era was still a thing, too, but that's they were, you know, completely different end of the spectrum. And then Hit Row shows up. And I'm thinking to myself, okay, at some point, they're going head-to-head with Legato, and it's going to be fun to watch. And boy, has it been fun. So this match starts off. It's hot and heavy between these two teams. It ends in DQ because that's the WWE way. Uh, with Hit Row getting the DQ win because Santos decides he wants to bring some some steel into this match. <laughs> um, it just ends up at a giant brawl. Uh, and I, actually, if I remember correctly, I think Hit Row actually ended up on top. So clearly this rivalry is still going. I'm I'm, I'm waiting for the Santos... And Swerve uh, North American title match Which is probably going to be a takeover It's just um, It's probably the best thing they've got going right now So hopefully they can keep that fire up After that we had the returning Ridge Holland It's nice to see him come back And uh, completely destroy Ikman Jiro Um and then we get Pete Dunne, only Lorcan. And I'm thinking to myself, damn it, all we need now, obviously Danny Burch is injured, but we need Pat McAfee back just for a split second in NXT. But obviously Pat's doing his thing over in SmackDown, and he has been a blessing to that commentary. I will tell you, whew, good stuff. Then we had a really good match between Roddy Strong and the now-released Bobby Fish. This was a lot of fun to watch, because I've seen these two go out at ROH, and a fitting way for this to end, um, Roddy getting the win, and unfortunately sending Bobby to the unemployment line. After that, we had a very fun, fun segment. Grizzled Young Veterans, L.A. Knight and Cameron Grimes in a tag team match. And I love the fact that Cameron Grimes is continuing to wrestle in a tuxedo. And not losing a step. But naturally, shenanigans taking over. Cameron going for a tag of L.A. Knight. And L.A. Knight decides to jump off the apron, leaving Cameron high and dry. Grizzled Young Veterans able to put him away. So, the best part about this whole thing was afterwards. Grimes is sitting on the apron, obviously upset and distraught over the loss. And who comes to give him a pep talk? Million Dollar Man himself. So, basically saying, Grimes, I know you're a man of your word, but you need to find a way to get out of this. So now, the fun, I really think, truly begins 
is how does Cameron Grimes get himself out of the th- out from under the thumb of LA Knight? I still have a feeling that they'll have their rematch at TakeOver for the Million Dollar Championship. And maybe this is the time where they actually put Grimes over. I don't know. Will it happen? Maybe. I would love it to. But I really do love these two together. I think their their comedy and their their charisma bounce off one another beautifully. And part of me would love to see these two as a tag team, but I think LA Knight especially, his ego is way too big for this. <laughs> it is, but you know what? I think with how the dynamic is between these two, I would hate this to be like a month, two-month-long thing. Like, no, we're going to scrap it. Like, you got – you. this is – this is something our kids are going to be talking about in 20 years, being like, you know, talking about these segments and how legend, th- these are legendary segments in the making. Yeah. They're a lot of fun. I, I really, really appreciate them. Um, but yeah, I want to see, I want to see where this goes. I want to see, yeah, like you were talking about, you know, maybe a month, two month long thing, maybe three, who knows? Maybe this goes to another takeover after this. I don't know. Either way, I want to see them feud. I, I, I just I just really, really enjoy this. <laughs> uh, after that, we had our last match of the first round of the NXT Breakout Tournament with Trey Baxter getting the victory over Joe, over Joe Gacy. So we move on to our, I believe it's the semis now, next week. Um, looking forward to see who gets that breakout champion or the tournament win but at the same time with everything that's been going on i kind of feel like doesn't matter and i hate to say that but who knows i believe they've already released somebody who was in this tournament (laughs) which one was that i got me wondering nxt breakout tournament let's see I don't know if your article uses real names or their uh, wrestling names. Probably wrestling names, correct? Probably, yeah. Um, and of course, now that I'm talking about it, I can't remember his. I can't remember his name either. <laughs> but as as we search for that, um. The last two segments, I think, personally, for me, were probably two of my favorites. Um, Cross, once again, provoking Joe. Um, (laughs) William Regal gave Joe his own security detail earlier in the show, but unfortunately, it was not to work with Joe. It was to try to contain Joe. And, well, as we all know, nobody can contain Samoa Joe. Samoa Joe literally taking out his entire security squad, trying to get the cross who snuck away through the back and Joe just chokes out one of his, one of the security kids and just, just looks at the camera and says, I'm coming for you. So their match at takeover for me is easily my favorite and most anticipated to watch probably a little biased because I'm probably one of the bigger Samoa Joe fans. Um, what about the other match that's happening that I see that they had a vignette for shortly after? For a certain UK title. That is very true. I still need to watch that first one. I know it's sacrilege that I haven't watched it yet, but yeah. You Walter. 
should do like a Twitch watch along sometime. Find these old matches, watch them, and just. That's if we can. I don't know if we can actually do that. <laughs> that okay. might be against terms of service. That might be, yeah. We, yeah. Don't, we, we don't want any Monka TOS going on here. Yeah, no season desist. I'm not tall enough for that. <laughs> but our main event of NXT, our love her or lose her match between Johnny Gargano and Dexter Loomis. And this match ended exactly how I expected it to. Johnny did get the win. Um, so in theory, not Austin, <laughs> but just in theory, um, this love affair should have been over. Dexter obviously looked distraught afterwards, which is rare because we don't really see much much reaction out of him. Um. And as Johnny and Candice are shooing, essentially, um, Indy Hartwell from the ring, Indy breaks through the line, runs in the ring, delivers a beautiful Luthez press to Dexter Loomis, and then lays the biggest kiss that we've all been waiting for. So screw the way Index rules. End of story. <laughs> Can confirm. Finally, we got index. We have index. And next week, as we said, it's going to be the go home show for Takeover. We got some shit. We got some really heavy shit to talk about. Yes, Might sir. have some guest stars on our go home show. Absolutely. I don't know. We'll we'll find out, Scott. Well, well, I don't like to make promises. I can't keep. I just like to release people. Sorry. Budget cuts, guys. Budget cuts. Yeah. So, in the words of Sammy Callahan, you know, thumbs up, thumbs down. You know, we've talked about the bad, but there's a lot of good this week. And NXT was definitely one of them. However, (sighs) homecoming. Like Scott and I were talking, I don't know what it is right now. AEW has been on fire. This is the fourth week in a row they've pushed a million. I know people are like, but they're not pushing Raw's numbers. They're not pu- Guys, they're taking the demo. And I know people like that don't mean anything. Yeah, it does. Because when you're trying to look towards the future, you're trying to sell towards the younger people. The younger people are going to bring it into the future. If I'm, if my market is only to old people, and old people are buying, and yeah, they have money, guess what? They're not around too much longer. Yes, your short-term income. I did go to school for management. It's dark, Scott, but I'm not... It's where's the lie? <laughs> I, I did not expect that turn. <laughs> but seriously, if you're trying I, to I sell, mean, I mean, I mean, you're right. I mean, it is true. But oh my god, that was that was too funny. Um, but no, I mean, you're 100 percent correct. You you, you gotta you gotta aim for the younger generation. I don't believe. You need to go towards children so much. I understand that, yes, they do drive merchandise because they complain to their parents that they want all the newest gear. Like John Cena just came back. They want all the new John Cena stuff. And, of course, that that's that's a pretty penny. So, yeah, that brings them revenue. But if the kids are going to do kind of like what happened to us when we were younger, you kind of fall out of it at some point. 
you kind of lose that revenue. But you try to pick it back up with kids who are, you know, in their 20s, early 30s. High school kids. High school kids, too. Yeah, that's that's the beginning of that resurgence of of, um, of viewership that they want. And then that'll drive it into, you know, their 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s when they start having kids. And then the, res- the, the cycle continues. That's the hope. Um, but right now, I know they're I'm pretty sure Raw is definitely pushed more towards children. Um because the storylines that they have on that show are, are not as intense as what they have on Fridays. Um, so that's just my thinking on that. But with AEW, like you said, they're hitting all the right notes right now. That they've got they've got the the upset fans from WWE. They have the the right demo that they're they're pushing. And yeah, eventually that's going to push into the older demo, which is also going to help them, like you said, in the shorter term. But that's the hope that they can start grabbing younger people and bring them along as well, make all the money. And so that's that's kind of my my point here. So as much as WWE has done what it's done for the wrestling industry, we cannot knock any of its accomplishments. AEW is growing the industry again at a not even just one company. We're taking everybody. We are bringing what the in a sense, what the NWA did, and we're bringing wrestling nationally all up together, but at the rate, almost like Vince McMahon did, almost, not as fast, but fast enough where I know people, like, like we, I, we say this all the time, I know people haven't watched wrestling in 20 years, and they're like, yo, AEW last night was incredible. Yeah. Incredible. That was awesome. I'm like, dude, I didn't even realize you still watch wrestling. No, AEW. A lot, it's just AEW. Yeah. And then they start going, wait, Impact? Wait, New Japan? The NWA? MLW? Ring of What? And you grow, you're bringing everything up, and it feels like it's the industry growing. It is. And it's 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 been the one fatal flaw that I've, I've felt WWE has for a very long time. And there's a lot of flaws that they have right now, but them not acknowledging other companies. They briefly will mention New Japan, They'll, they they briefly mentioned TNA, but they won't talk about Impact. They won't talk about AEW, unless you're Sami Zayn. You brought up that in an interview way back when. Um, it's just, I feel like if they just talked about their competition a little bit, it would, it would help everybody. Yes, it might drive a few eyes over, but guess what? They're already pushing so many eyes out the door. Or even like... You don't even have to talk about it. You can acknowledge the accomplishments of your talent. Like yes. I, again, I will go back and I will never. I lost my mind when Michael Cole. I think it was Backlash. Two thousand eighteen, where he was like, where it was Finn Balor taking on AJ Styles, and Michael Cole was like, these two men led the largest faction over in japan and i was like he mm, i almost wanted to flip the desk i was in front i'm like this club sam certain club yeah certain club (laughs) but anyways yeah AEW has been knocking it out of the park and again this episode is no exception i was Mm. a little worried i'm like oh we're just going back to daily's place whatnot but we kicked it off with a legendary feud going 20 years back more than 20 25 years chris jericho taking on hooventude guerrera juice this was this was a pretty good opener um i know uh guerrero there he does wrestle 
he looked a little stiff. Um, probably age, you know, I, I, as we all know, as you get older, you don't, you're not as versatile, especially doing the high flying stuff. Yeah. I know the, the, the beginning of the match wasn't all that clean either. There were some obvious issues going on, but I thought it ended well. Um, I did enjoy it. It was nice to see. It didn't exactly bring me back to the nineties when I used to watch these two go at it in WCW, but I was like, all right. I, I I see I see what they're trying to do here. Yeah, no, it was it was cool. Um, obviously Jericho got his Judas effect from the top rope. That was pretty uh, cool. Pinned him, and then we find out the fourth labor of Jericho is Wardlow, and the stipulation is that there's going to be only one man on the side of that ring that's going to make sure that match is fair, and that is MJF. So now I'm baffled. Now he said he's going to be on the side. Does that mean nobody else can? There's a, this one is interesting because now we know how sleazy MJF is supposed to be in the ring and on the side. So now it's like, how are you going to pull this off? Yeah. No, that's, yeah. So uh, following that, we have the trios match. John Moxley, Eddie Kingston, Darby Allen take it on 2.0, or you might know him as Ever Rice and Daniel Garcia. Wow, I was like, wait a minute, they're already pulling that, and they were good. They were good in NXT. They were really starting to pick up. They were, yeah. Another another missed opportunity, I feel, from uh, WWE side of things. They looked great in this match. They did. They did. You know, I don't know if they plan on just like if this was WWE's way of going, uh, AEW's way of going. Yeah, yeah. Let's just get you get you out there again. You know, right off. You know, pick up your feet and just go. I mean, maybe they go to Impact. Maybe again, the door is open. The forbidden door exists. So yep. this match was great. Obviously, we had Moxie Kingston and Allen win because they're all hot right now. Right. Super hot. Um, following that, we had Christian Cage take on the Blade. Um, I love how the Blade's been. I know um, the Butcher's been out, but I love how the yes. Blade's been doing all this you know, solo match work. And this yes. was great. This was fun. Talk about somebody who looks older but still wrestles really well. So Open 2 looked a little, like, like we said, he looked a little slot. Yeah, we looked a little... Or now he's gotten older. Christian, you're like, dude, you haven't missed a beat. Right? Even being out of the game for seven years, he still hasn't missed a beat. And it's yeah, it's I, I'm 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 happy. I'm really happy for him that he's able to be coming back and still wrestling at a, a high quality. Um, but like you were talking about with the blade, I really like his mercenary role that he's playing while the butcher's out with injury. Um, it's nice to see him on television, obviously, as well as the bunny, because it's always nice to see Ali on television. Um, but yeah, I thought this was a very competitive match. I, I love the fact that they're not just burying the blade, they're making him look, you know, not completely weak. But clearly, this is just to continue Christian on his hot streak. And now, if I remember correctly, Mr. Cage. Is our new number one contender, the AEW Heavyweight Championship? Yeah, he is. So I think we're getting, I believe it all out, and it obviously has been unspoken, but I think we're getting Kristen Cage taking on Kenny Omega. This will be a fight. Um, obviously, this said deterred us, and I again, I don't have the segments in front of me. Um, Hangman, you know, having to do things by himself. Yeah, stepping away from the Dark Order, um, that was rough. 
but I do like the fact that later on in the show, when Hangman was out there with the Elite, um, and the Dark Order came to his rescue, Stu Grayson and Evil Uno literally fought back their own faction so that they would not get in the ring because Hangman said he wanted to do this by himself and he needed time away. I love that dynamic. I really, I really, really feel like this is going to lead to something big down the road once Hangman, you know, clears his head. I really feel like this could be the beginning of a new, a new Dark Order down the road. Yes, and again, like, it's not always about the victory. It's about the story on the way. Absolutely, sir. So, you know, prior to that, we did have uh, Britt Baker out there, you know, talking, you know, smack, you know, nobody, you know, better than everyone, blah, 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 blah. We're getting the Brit side of things. And who comes out to challenge her but good old Red Velvet? I don't know what it is about this girl, but my lord, I'm a big fan. Mm-hmm. Big fan. I've been a fan since she started. Like, first and foremost, you have the attitude, you have the sass. Yes. That's just like, yo, you're going to take no shit. I like this. She's also really good in the ring. Yeah, she is. She's incredible. Um, I'm glad. I, I think that's what, is that next week? Or is that? Uh, it's going to be on the debut episode right. of Rampage. Yes, we do have that coming up. Uh, I want to find that card. We'll read that by the end of the episode. Um, so that happened. We also had a really cool promo with the Elite. Where they were mocking everybody, you know, they're on top, this and that. And there's a lot, a lot of little, 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 bitty things here that, and I keep pulling a pair of tweezers in my hand and kept using it, it was like a pointer. <sighs> I need a fidget spinner or something. Uh, exist? <laughs> yeah, I think it's called my phone. Um, <laughs> so they did a lot of little things in this, which kind of hinted at everyone who had been released prior to Friday, because obviously we didn't know what Friday. How could we forget? Because, you know, Lou Gallows was in a robe. Yep. Like Ric Flair, who was another one who got released, but I think that might be, you know, he's he's older. I mean, that's not one that I'm like, oh, no, they got rid of, he's old. He's probably, you know, he probably wants to retire at some point. Maybe. Or just drink, because that's what I hear he does a lot of, and goes to parties, and, you know, he's Ric Flair. He's living, living the lifestyle. He's, he's li- yeah, he's living the Ric Flair life. <laughs> he is the man. That's right. Um. So, you know, a lot of little things, little hints at Bray Wyatt. Couple hints at Daniel Bryan, uh, hints at CM Punk, where you know Kenny was wearing the Cookie Monster shirt. You know, little things, and this is stuff I didn't pick up. I came across a couple different articles. I like, wow, like the Hawaiian shirts. The Hawaiian shirts were almost like a like a homage to Bray Wyatt when he first started. Yes, you know stuff like that. So, I again. If they don't even come over, I won't be upset because this is like one of those, I'm going to throw it at you. Yeah. Is that how it happened? I don't know. It's a nice it's little us. tease. It's, it, keeps you, it keeps you interested, so you keep coming back to the show. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so following that, uh, we did have the TNT Championship match, Lee Johnson taking on Miro. <sighs> I love... Miro to death. He's a monster. Mm. Um, Lee Johnson, it's great to see him back in the ring. I don't know when the last time I've seen him in the ring. 
Yeah, I think he's just he's been on dark and elevation a lot lately. Stuff we don't have time to watch, unfortunately. But um, I love this. Even though you know Miro did get the win on this one to retain, I just can't wait to see what happens with me. He's he's only begun. He's only begun his monstrous reign as yes. uh, TNT champion. Following that, we had a special NWA Women's and World Championship Eliminator match. It was the Bunny taking on legit Layla Hurst? The winner would wrestle at M Power. Would wrestle Camille. And I'll let you know, Scott, I think the stream you watch it on, uh, or like your TV, I'm delayed. So when you told me you saw Camille, that was like a good two minutes before I'm like, what do you, Camille's there, what? Oh, wow. Yeah, it was like two minutes later. I'm like, oh, it's Camille. (laughs) Because I love, like, somebody who's consistently been that same character. Yes. And she's incredible. She's in the ring. She's just, she's a monster. Like, I mean, she's not she's not like Raquel Gonzalez tall, but she's just this monster who just, you know, in shape, quiet, will kick your ass. Yep. And now you got legit Layla Hirsch, who's shorter than me. I'm five two, guys. She's like four eleven. That square off, I'm like. The height differential. I was like, my lord i think they were also i think she was in heels camille was in heels too yeah she was so that that's probably easily another you know four or five inches so obviously my god and of course because of this and the way the internet is a certain photo started making its rotation around the internet's on the internet wrestling community once again i wasn't even gonna say it scott (laughs) Uh, i i have to bring it up because it's just absolutely hilarious like when i first saw, like when i watched that happen i was just like i went immediately oh look it's another david versus goliath thing with you know this time with ladies and then the internet shows up and well we all know what happens on the internet uh i, I could not help but just laugh my ass off when i saw that but yeah this match i believe between these two is gonna be good um layla is legit not just because it's in her name she is fantastic as a wrestler. Um, and obviously Camille in her own right. She is the NWA women's champion. I know this match was supposed to go to Serena Deeb, but I believe she had surgery once again. Uh, so that's why this match happened in the first place. But it's it's gonna be fun. It's gonna be a great match to watch. And I'm 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 excited for it. And and excited for Layla to have this opportunity. Yes, and other things I think I'm excited for, which I now, the more I see the, her promos, the more I'm just like, okay, I need to see more of you, is these Jade Cargill, Mar- Smart Mark Sterling promos. Yes. He's incredible. Like, again, somebody who we were both kind of like, eh. Like, obviously you want to see on the ring again. But, like, I think I get her character. I get her attitude. Yeah. I, I just, I'm like, like, she's the type of, per, like, the battle of the egos, her and Britt Baker, could you imagine that? Yeah, oh my god. Like, um, yeah, it's, it's like, like, I, I talked about this, like, when she first debuted, like, I, I didn't, I didn't get her yet. Um, now, I get her, I understand. She's all about building the brand, just like you and I, Sam, we all know how about, all about that building the brand. Sure. Um, she's she is literally that bitch, and 
I like the fact that Sterling is there doing his job as a lawyer and, and whatnot in, in securing her partnerships and all this other stuff. And now she will be getting back in the ring. I believe it was going to be going to be on, on I think, Elevation next week. Um, so that'll be nice to get her back uh, in the ring, get some W's under her belt, uh, because you know at some point she's coming for Britt or, sh- or whoever's going to be the champion. And that's, that's going to be fun to see, too. I think I would make the argument... My favorite champions are probably the ones who are so cocky, so maniacal, so degrading. Like, I will put it out there. I think personally, and if not in my top five, my top ten favorite IC champions is The Miz. Because of the shit talking, because of you know just his attitude, you wanted him to lose the belt so badly, and he wasn't getting rid of. He was just gonna degrade you, degrade. Jade Cargill, just like Britt, is a champion who I'd be like, yo, give this woman a be- the belt and just let her hold on to it for a year. Yep. Just yeah. don't, just let her like shit talk, you, and that's the kind of thing with Kenny right now. You know. Yeah. Kenny, I think my favorite thing about him, yeah, he's incredible in the ring. I'm glad he's champion. He's one of the best in the world. But he's really personified this. I am the best in the world. Yeah. And nobody's better. Nobody. I have four belts. And you just, there's a lot of fans out there who are sick of it, but it's like, so he's doing this job. Yep. Exactly. That's one thing we definitely agree on. Uh, I, I do love me some heel champions because of how they make themselves superior over whoever faces them next. Um, honestly, right now, I think my favorite champion is Miro. I love the whole reinvention being the redeemer, God's favorite champion, constantly putting his wife in promos, which is just absolutely hilarious. My hot, flexible wife. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I fear two things. And well, I don't remember the promo exactly like word for word, but he talks about, um, an all fearing God and a double jointed wife. And I'm just like, Jesus Christ, Miro. (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah, it's just I will always favor a heel champion over a face champion because after a while, the face champion gets boring. Yeah, it unless, really does. Unless you have that Hulk Hogan stamina, that rock stamina, that stone cold stamina. Nobody's got that nowadays. Nobody. Nobody, Nobody has a face. As a heel, absolutely. Like, for me, like, you talk about Kenny, Roman Reigns, same thing. Like, that man is a heel champion to the bone. He could not do what he's doing right now as a face. Absolutely this not. Run would be, everyone would be bullshit. Absolutely. They'd be booing him as in go home heat, as in instead of booing him, I hate you heat. Like, he has the right type of heat now. It took seven years or however long it's been for him to finally achieve it, but he has it now. And I, I was a little worried about when they went back to fans, how he would react because he had 16 months or however long it was to fine tune against TV screens and piped in crowd noise. Now he's got real crowd noise to deal with and he's still excelling. So I'm, I'm very happy for that. That was honestly probably my, huh? He'd get the biggest pop in the house. 
almost. I would say other than Cena and Edge, yes. Yeah, I'm talking about new talent. I'm talking about you know. oh, current talent. Yeah, uh, then yes, most definitely. He he easily has the biggest pop. Um, and it's either that instant cheer that turns into booze because women always respond first because it's Roman Reigns. I mean, he's a handsome guy. It, I can't take that away from him. But then you get those chorus of boos right afterwards, and it's like, there they are. The boys are back. Let's boo the shit out of this man, and let's have him lose the title that he's not going to lose for a very, 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 very long time. And I really honestly feel with the same the same things that happen with Kenny. He's not going to lose that AEW championship for a long time. Eventually, I hope it's going to be Adam Page. Maybe this is just, uh, I'm assuming this is just another chapter in that long story. That who knows how long it's going to wrap around. But I feel that if they don't start doing something soon, I worry the fans will turn on it. Yeah. But in the, it's it's tough because, you know, with the obviously all the rumors, you know, Dan, I, I will stick with Daniel Bryan. CM Punk, I'm still kind of like on the edge. I, I won't believe him till I see it. Um, with Daniel Bryan, I can honestly 100% say with stuff like that happening, the opportunities with Kenny and that belt. Brian Danielson, the American Dragon, taking on the best belt machine, Kenny Omega. You want to see it. I want to see it. The fans want to see it. I don't know. I... Again, long game. I'm I'm curious. I'm not going to knock it until it happens. Right. So, that being said, let's talk about the main event here. Yes, sir. <laughs> Loved it. Every yep. second of it. From yep. the moment it started to the moment that, that, that TNT credits rolled at the end, absolutely beautiful. Perfect. Malachi Black taking on Cody Rhodes. And I know people – at first I was like, you know, why, are, why wasn't this a pay-per-view match? Obviously, everything can't be a pay-per-view match. But I think some of this had to do with, I think, Cody's going to record season two. You said season two of um, uh, the Go Home Show. Big, the Go Big Show, yeah. Yeah. So um, he's going to do that. So this was a write-off. But also, they did Malachi Black good. They they sold him as he should have been sold. That entrance, the mask, <sighs> the lighting, it was perfect. It felt like a pay-per-view match. It really did. And I'll, I'll say it. I believe this entrance was better than his NXT entrances. And, yes, I like the board, the whole candles, the whole the know, music, the music, the feel of it. I'll, I'll, I'll learn to love his current music in, in AEW. It's good. It's not as good as, as NXT music, but. I really like this entrance. I love the fact that he's still going with the eye and how uh, everything that had happened, I, the continuity of that man brings every single week makes me respect him. And it gets so more much swollen more. every week. It's every, more. It just gets worse and worse and worse. And I and it's spreading too. I'm just like, God, I love this storytelling so much. And I know, even I had my doubts that Cody was going to put himself over over Malachi. I did, not going to lie. But the way that it was borderline a squash match. Yeah. And then he just, you know, Malachi hit him with his finisher, literally looks down, steps on him, one, two, three, and I'm like. I love that. I was like, not even an actual pin. Just like, I, I, have, I have knocked you into next week. 
I'm going to step on you and pin you. That was a Jericho pin if I ever saw one, and I freaking loved it. But it was like, it really was just like, it, and again, he was he's not like a monster. You know, he's not like Lance Archer. He's not like Miro. He's not like Brody Lee, where they can just, oh, I'm the big guy. So, okay, he just like looked down, step, two, three. And it was like, you, sir, are a force. You have, and again, like I said, this felt like it was a pay-per-view match. Like that that opening where they just stood there in the ring, and I was like, I'm not watching all out, am I? Like, like this is <sighs> again, people will bitch about them picking up all these WWE talents. This 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 is the this was a great, great choice. Yeah. There there are certain ones that are undeniable when it comes to they get released. You have to at least give them a look. Um, the creative genius that Malachi Black has is is you you have to let it flourish. And I really honestly feel that in AW that's going to happen. Now, obviously, this feud is not over um, because after the match was over, Cody looked like he was going to do the whole ceremonial retirement, taking off the boots, leave him in the ring. He gets one boot off, and then Malachi Black returns to the ring, I believe, with a crutch, smashes Cody over the back. Cody collapses, and then Malachi steals Cody's boot as the show goes off the air. So I know the rumors had been flying that Cody was getting ready to actually retire so that he could focus more on the EVP side of, of AEW, which is fine, but Cody is still the poster boy of this company. He's mm-hmm. been the loudest. He's been the loudest voice since this whole thing started. And I, I don't know as much as people are starting to feel that, Oh, he's just the triple H of, you know, AW going to bury all the talent. He's not, he's not, he's doing a great job. Yes. He can never become world champion. I think that's, I think that was the smartest thing that they could have done because then you'd be like with him as champion, the Bucks, you know, as tag champions, that's like, it's all the EVP show. Then it's just like, oh, it's just like the territories. They're just booking themselves into championships, and that's just how this ends. You can kind of still spin it that way anyways because uh, Kenny Omega is also EVP. But it works because those guys are still going full full time. Cody's really uh-huh. not. Cody's already taking that step back. He's doing um, exterior projects. He even talked about it during during Dynamite that, you know, Exterior things are, are kind of pulling at him away from the ring, and that's all good and fine. Cody already has a great legacy as it is. Obviously, we, you know, his his last name. I mean, his father will never be forgotten ever. There's, there's no way in hell that that's ever going to happen. He might will be. we ever eventually have the next generation of Rhodes? Maybe, and I think that would be pretty cool down the road. Um, I, that's one thing I'm really looking forward to, especially with like the Hardys having children. You know, will will any of them get into wrestling? You know, it's just I'm I'm um you talk about the long game. I'm looking forward to see the next generation of of students uh, and children of these world famous wrestlers come out and see if they can do anything that their parents could do. Will they do better? Who knows? You know, we're seeing it right now with Charlotte. Like for God's sakes, like when she first showed up, I thought to myself, I'm like, all right, well, she's obviously 
pretty green. We'll see how this goes. Now look at her. Or a, another good one is Randy Orton. Yes, exactly. You know, him being the son of Bob Orton is a third-generation star, I believe. Yep. Um, it was like, oh, he's Bob Orton's son. And Bob Orton, you know, involved in the main event of WrestleMania 1. You know, that, you know he, had a, he was heel throughout the territories. Randy Orton has overshot the man. Oh, absolutely. In yeah, popularity and fame. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I, I will. I, I, as much as we love to to go back and forth with Know the Ropes about how much I despise Randy Orton, um, and I even made I even made comments to them that it's Randy's fault that Bray left and and whatnot. Um, there's no. There's and they're gonna they're gonna just beat on me for this, but. There's no denying Randy and how spectacular he is in the ring. Uh-huh. And, you know, obviously first ballot Hall of Famer and easily over, like you said, overshadowed what his father's done and whatnot. And makes you also think, like, what's next for that? Like, will we get a fourth generation Orton coming to, to come into play? Who knows? I, I'm honestly excited to see where wrestling is in 20 years what happens the landscape i always joke about the landscape of wrestling has changed once again in 20 years i really feel that the landscape will change what will happen will wwe still be number one will you know will will AEW still be here you know will uh impact finally turn into the powerhouse that they've always wanted to be nwa resurgence will ring of honor come back to glory mlw will get tv deals you know, New Japan becoming a real force in America. You know, who knows? Like, there's there's a lot of potential out there, and I want to see it. I want to see it happen. I still have hope, even though, even though there is some shitty things that are happening out there. I still have hope for this business, and I want to see it flourish. Yes. Yes. We still have impacts to talk about, Scott. I know. That was like a perfect segue to the end. And I'm like, wait, we still have a whole other show to talk about. <laughs> so, opening bout, you know, home a little late. What was I doing on Thursday? I couldn't even tell you. My... I was getting food. But what was Sam, I doing from getting food? Sam's calendars. I, Sam's calendar is always full, whether it's food, ladies, books, smoking. movies, smoking cigars. The man is busy. The man is busy. Uh, just slightly, just slightly. But you know what? You gotta be a popular guy to put out a popular show. That's true, sir. Because we are Bedlam. By design. By design. <laughs> so opening bout, Chris Bay with Jay White taking on Juice Robinson with Dave Finley on the side. Chris Bay get the win over him. And big news, folks. I found this out just before the podcast. Chris Bay is now the official member of the Bullet Club. Let's go. Impact's member. I know the good brothers. No, this is the first like member from Impact, the Impact roster, which is a lot because now I think Bullet Club might now expand. Let's go. Kind of like what Los Angeles did. You know, they were from Mexico, and you know, Naito went over there, and then he brought it over to Japan. And my understanding is they're even bigger than Bullet Club. Naito's a huge star. I love Naito. Um. I need to go back and watch this because, again, anything with Jay White, Chris Bay, Deuce Robbins, uh, just, what, a, what, a, what a match that just sounds like. i got to go back and watch it. Um, 
Following that, we have a number one contender match for the X Division title. Jake something, Davari, Raheem Raju, and Trey Miguel with Jake something winning and going after um, Josh Alexander at Emergence. Um, That's going to be a fun match. I'm excited about that. That'll be a lot of fun. Um, following that, we had Fire and Flavor taking on Rachel Elvery and Jordan Grace. Um, you can definitely tell Rachel and Jordan have definitely like resurged their partnership. They both mm-hmm. came out matching, uh, you know, matching tights and whatnot. Um, Fire and Flavor, though, at the end, Tasha Steele just gave Kara Hogan a look, and who was it who knocked her out? Savannah Evans came and attacked Kira Hogan. Tasha watched, and they both walked out the ring. Sad. Sadness. All fire, no flavor. So That was so stupid. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, following that, we had an in- interview with uh, Frankie Kazarian. This and that. It's good to see him back. Um, looking forward to taking out Sammy, you know, working with Sammy Callen and Eddie Edwards at the end of the night. Um, Vampa Design confronted Scott Demore. Um, they're in, you know, they said they were entitled to a rematch for the titles at Emergence. Scott Demore said, "You're right, you are entitled legally, but you're also beat by these two, so it's a triple threat for the titles." And Rich Swan and Willie Mack came out. Triple threat, my friends. Nice. Uh, following that, we had Steve Macklin taking on Jossie. I think that's how you pronounce it. With Steve Macklin squashing uh, this kid. Uh, Petey Williams came out, um, and he got decked. I can feel like they're starting to build something on here. Um, there's a couple other segments I'm trying to remember. Oh, yes. This was great. So we had another All About Me with Neil Dashwood and Caleb. <laughs> and Caleb's in hurt and whatnot, and the doctor comes out, Dr. Ross Foreman. He sits down, and they ask, you know, it's like, well, ask him some questions. Ask how he's feeling. Well, how you feeling? Uh, hurt. And this and that. And then Scott DeMar comes, oh, hey, guys, this and that, da-da-da-da-da. It was that... Uh, doctor, why don't you go back and you probably have some of the really more important things to attend. I, I can take care of this. Sits down. Sits down next to Caleb and goes, hey, Caleb! Whack! Right across the back. It's like, ah, what the hell is wrong? You know? And he's just, you know, back and forth and, you know, he's just talking, he just <laughs> shit-talking him so, so much. And, like, I can't tell you, he, like, smacks Caleb in the back, like, 30 times before he leaves. like, yeah, buddy. <laughs> You know, I hope you feel better. And gets up and walks out. Scott Demore is, in, he, as much as he's like, he's really good as an executive producer. He knows how to be funny. Yeah. Get a laugh. Uh, following up, we have the main event, the Good Brothers. Kenny Omega taking on Frankie Kazarian, Sammy Callahan, and Eddie Edwards. I do want to point out here that there is nothing more pompous, nothing more egotistical, Nothing more that gives me this maniacal feeling in my stomach before Kenny Omega comes out and you hear pomp in circumstance and Don Callis walking out like he's like he's the bride's father at a wedding. Oh my god. This man, low key, and again, you can talk about you know Bobby, you know, Bobby Heenan, Paul Heyman, Mr. Fuji, you know, some of the greats in the world. Don Callis is really, in more recent years, is sneaking his way up as one yeah. of the best minds in wrestling. He's a, he's incredible, especially with what he's done here. He's you can't look at Don and go, I don't like him. You can't. It's true. 
He's great on commentary. He's great as a manager. He's it's. I gotta have a whole thing about Don Callis. I love. I, I love. I just love him. And now he starts spurting out. He's better than Hackenschmidt. Gotch. You know, Ruth. That he starts naming. I gotta look up half these guys because I'm only thirty. And I'm like looking. I'm like these people are. These poor people born in the 1800s. Some of them. <laughs> Sam, they're not that old. <laughs> no, no joke. Like, uh, <laughs> I, I say that. I know it, it's funny. Like they name all the old, the you know, the old greats, and for me, I'm just like, well, yeah, this is a little before my time too. But you know, with you, it's like you know, Old Testament, New Testament going on here. <laughs> But, like, okay, George Hackenschmidt, the first name he drops every time he does this, yeah. born in the Russian Empire August 1st, 1877. Died February 19th, 1968. Gotch. We're going to do this a little bit, Scott. All right. We're going we're gonna to do some education right now. Ooh. Frank Gotch, born in Iowa, 1877. Died December 16th, 1917. Luthez, Luthez, I'm a little familiar with because I think WWE had him in the top 50 wrestlers of all time uh, for the WrestleMania 20 magazine. You know, just some of these names, I'm just sitting there and I'm like, I'm like, he's got to be hanging out with Jim Cornette. Like, just looking at some of this stuff. He, he's he's a uh, you know, fan of the business. The man knows, the man knows, he knows his info. So that makes, it makes a lot of sense. But it just, it adds to it. It's just like, and who knows, like, in a hundred years, if somebody will be doing the similar bit and Kenny's name will come up. Yeah, I mean, it wouldn't surprise me, honestly. Like, the stuff that Kenny has been doing over the last, I don't know, ten years has been has been phenomenal. No, and of course, no, no, no slide AJ Styles because he, too, in the last, like, I don't know, 20 years has been doing amazing work um it'll be nice to see or interesting to see really who who does this bit next and and who drops those names like styles and and omega and jericho and you know undertaker kane people like that like yeah again the long game we like to play the long game long game let the business live and thrive and let the history be fruitful but this was a great match. Um, everybody was wonderful in this. This is going to shock you. Eddie Edwards bust a knee party to Carl Anderson for the win. The champions lose. Wow. And you know what? Sammy Callahan and Eddie Edwards had a moment at the end of the match. Like, like not a like, not like a they're going to be friends moment, but like they just kind of like looked at each other like, Respect. Yep. Nice. And post match, um, WMRC came out and attacked Eddie Edwards, and it just, guys, you can't, you cannot, you know, I cannot thank Scott enough for telling me to join the Impact train. <laughs> you all need to be watching Impact, and I know you're like, oh, that's, I don't want to watch Impact. Ha ha ha, that's Impact. First of all, you're a Mark. Sorry, Mark. Um, second of all. There's stuff going on in Impact that does affect what's going on in AEW, and vice versa. We are getting a tag match. What, the Impact titles are on the line? I think Wednesday? Yes. The Dark Order. We're for the Impact titles, guys. 
on dynamite. It's the world we live in. Weird, isn't it? Love it. Absolutely. Yeah. But um, I don't have the um, I don't have the rampage uh, caught up with me, but I do have a couple of matches that are currently going for uh, emergence, which is the twentieth. Happens to be SummerSlam. Uh, hopefully they do it early. If they do it early, Scott and I might we may splurge and do you guys a favor and cover everything because what else do you in the middle of August on a ninety degree day when it's nice and you know you go to the beach. And you can barbecue and you can, you know, meet beautiful women and just have a good time. You sit inside and watch wrestling, of course. So, yeah. um, so far we have Kenny Omega taking on the winner of the Battle Royal uh, next week, I believe. The Good Brothers taking on Violent by Design and Rich Swan and Willie Mack. Josh Alexander taking on Jake Sum for the X Division title. All title matches announced. Also, side note, at Empower, we did find out Deanna Perrazzo's opponent. Who else but Melina? That's going to be fun. So I want to kind of go through that card quickly. I know it, like we're, we've run out of time. Um, I closed everything. But for Empower, because, you know, I think this is going to be a great women's pay-per-view. Yes. There's a lot of potential in this one. Uh, hey, guys. Bear with me, guys. Da, 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 da. Two days ago. Updated. Updated card. Um, the women's title. Uh, Camille taking on Layla Hirsch. Uh, Deanna Perrazzo taking on Molina. Oh, this is so out of date already. Um, Kylie Ray is supposed to appear. Uh, Mickey James is going to be um, obviously probably hosting it. I'm kind of curious who the um, the commentary team is going to be. I don't know if they've announced that. Um, there's going to be a tag team match for the NWA Women's Tag Team Championship. I didn't realize that they had those, unless this is something they're bringing back. Um, and there will be a women's invitational, a nine-woman tournament. So far, we have Tootie Lynn, Jamie Senegal, Chelsea Green, and Lady Frost. Yep. So we will be uh, keep an eye on that. I swear, every time something comes and goes, Scott, it's like another. It's like another wave. It's like watching hurricane season. Right. Hurricane comes through. Oh, wait a minute. There's another one. Yep. There's another one after that. And we are going to keep watching and giving you guys the best coverage of everything going on in the world. Guys, thank you so much for listening. Um, if you don't already do so, please follow us on Twitter at – are we still media underscore battle? We are, sir. The changes will be happening SummerSlam weekend, if not sooner. When they do, we will let you know. So for um, media underscore bedlam, we were yeah. on – Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at, I believe, Above the Ring for some of those. Now, we're switching over to Above the Ring, and some of them are still Bedlam Media. Again, we're I'll... still fluid. It, it's still fluid. We're, it's we're, we're, we're working through it. <laughs> so, guys, change, yeah, August... change, change, change takes time. <laughs> so, in August, you will be expecting everything to be switched over to Above the Ring. But, again, as always, if you don't want to do so, please follow us on Twitter at Media underscore Bedlam. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at Bedlam Media. You can find myself as the SUB official, which will not be changing, as well as Scotty J Stream. We are on all streaming platforms. If there's one you cannot find us on, please let us know, and we will make sure we are on there. On your streaming platform, make sure you please comment, like, share, subscribe, leave a review. Tell why, tell people why Above the Ring and Bedlam Media is the podcast if you're choosing and why they should choose to listen to us as well. Guys, thumbs up. Thumbs down. SummerSlam is right around the corner. As always, thank you for listening. And do not forget to join the Bedlam.
Welcome to the All 80s Movies Podcast. I'm Bill. And I'm Jason. And this is the podcast where we talk about the blockbusters, the flops, and everything in between from one of the freshest decades for movies, the 1980s. So whether you're a brain, a jock, a valley girl, or a Jedi, we've got some 80s classics for you. Do these movies stand the test of time? Are we discovering something new? Is there an 80s movie we're finally watching for the first time? Join us each week as we dive into the cinematic nostalgia that inspired and influenced a generation. From the hits to the cult classics, we'll discuss our earliest memories, favorite scenes, fun facts, and our not-so-favorite movie moments, too. It's the All 80s Movies Podcast, now available on all major streaming platforms. Please subscribe and happy listening.